It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What's going on, lacrosse fans? Welcome back to Lax Class. One more class before the end of this godforsaken year of 2020. We are on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. I say we. My name is Jake Elliott. My partner's name is Brad Challoner. Bradley, last episode here before 2020 comes to a close and a good program lined up as per usual. Our calls to the hall. I'm looking forward to this one, as I do for all of them. But uh, I've never had a conversation with this guy and only kind of admired his work from afar Four-time champion as a head coach with the Philadelphia Wings, 2008 NLL Hall of Fame inductee. Uh, guidance counselor at LaSalle High School right now as well. Tony Resch will join us uh, on the program here. We have our Stampede Stallion. It's your pick this week. We got something else. And a bunch of quick sticks to round out 2020 as well. Brad Schellner, Merry Christmas. I'm not going to say Happy New Year yet because we're not done. But uh, how was how was the holiday? How was Santa? What would you get under the tree? Well, it's still going on. It's it's We're in that weird limbo purgatory zone of well, recording here on Monday, which is technically a stat holiday. Right. And then still technically supposed to be off work for another few days, but, you know, still diving into things because we flipped a radio station this week. I saw that. The um, move. You moved sort of. Yeah, sort we flipped QMFM into uh, Move 103.5 and then 10 other radio stations oh, across Canada flipped. A, by the way, brand. Brad, before you move on here, you, you, you did lose a listener over uh, the last 24 hours or so as the, the switch flip back but, so yeah you, so we're not we're not playing christmas anymore <laughs> so you, so you lost the listener just so you know you lost Danny's one he's no longer with your girlfriend danny's no longer with us <laughs> terrible terrible no so yeah it, like it's been work we've been working through the holiday so it's been a little bit different um and then hopefully take some time off in january but yeah santa was good man kids were kids were spoiled rotten because it was a weird year so i think everybody wanted to like rain extra presents yeah. on the children but they were super happy i talked about the, the guitar that, that i bought for myself like a month ago right i've had to keep in the garage and like sneak out and play it after the kids go to bed because they wanted to i wanted it to look like a surprise for them to see me open sure. it so i finally got my hands on my guitar officially and now it can stay in the house i can play whenever i want and yeah the wife got spoiled and 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 here we are a few days later so hopefully everybody listening uh, got what they wanted to and and we can kiss this year goodbye. Oh, my God. Like, I don't know if there's, like, I mean, I've seen a few people say, like, you know, 2020 hasn't been all bad. And there's, you know, positive things to take away. But, like, I don't, to a man, like, I, I don't know if there's anybody out there not looking forward to this year coming to a close. One, I know. We I, will tr- I tried forget. to be I tried to be hashtag positive for a lot of the year because there were some good things that happened to me career-wise. There's some good things that happened in my family life and I, I there was parts of parts of staying close to home for mm. nine months and coming up on a year that were that were really good you can you know really dial in your home life and we fixed up the backyard and you the home became the castle again you know and it was kind of nice to be to be home and be around family because that was really all you could see for a while there mm-hmm. 
But um, yeah, it, it, it weighs <laughs> on you after a while. Like, yeah, I haven't been, I haven't been at the radio station in nine months. I haven't been inside Rogers Arena in nine months, or been to a lacrosse game, or anything. Things that I'd love to do. Yeah. So yeah, just high five to stranger, or you know, exactly. Give like, somebody I somebody for... a random hug. Well, just going for a run this afternoon and like wide berthing people on the sidewalk because <laughs> I feel so like weird. I'm this, you know, heavy breathing monster as I'm running down the street. Like, I don't I don't want to feel that way anymore. Yeah, me either. So we'll get you through the end of the year here and we'll be back with a, a brand new fresh episode early in January. I don't even know when the date is on that, Brad. When's our next when's our next episode? We're here? running we're running through the Hall of Famers here. Like we're gonna have to start thinking about what we're gonna do after we talk to all these legends. Our next one is January fourth, next Monday. Okay, so that's good. Yeah, be, we got a little gap. Into the new year. We got a little gap, and uh, you, you got a chance to sober up after New Year's Eve because I know you'll get after it in that regard as well. So, I wonder if I can stay dry from now till then. Well, that you is, just told me that's the goal. Oh, is that is that what you're trying to do? That's the, well, if I could go, if I could go another three days, that could, that could be that would be monumental um, for the way that my years looked. If I could go from t- today, son- <laughs> I didn't have a drink yesterday, which was Sunday. If I can make it through to New Year's Eve. We're laughing. Okay. Well, you you just Thursday told me uh, my Keurig broke down this morning, so I was like super rattled because I couldn't have my morning coffee and just stay away from me if if that's the case. But I managed to figure it out thanks to a, a friendly YouTube video. Got got that crisis averted. But uh, you told me you're you've been caffeine free for like three weeks. What is that world like, man? Well, I'm bored, so I've taken to experimenting on my body because what else is <laughs> okay. there? What else is going on right now? Careful, all right. No, seriously, I do like to toy with. I like to. You do like cleanses to, and. I like to do cleanses. I like to do cold turkey on things. I'll try to go meatless for a couple of weeks, which never lasts very long. Or you know, I'll try whatever fad diets out there just to see, just so I can be able to talk about things afterwards in conversation. If someone says, "Hey," I'm not drinking coffee. Oh yeah, yeah, I did that for a couple months. I experienced this, this, and this. Right? I just think I just I find okay, it interesting. Okay, so three weeks, no things. coffee. So well, I went three weeks, no coffee. I started I started taping tapering off since working from home, and then yeah, the last little while, like the heartbeat was getting getting a little too out of control after I was drinking my first coffee later in the day. So I said, okay, well let's hap- let's see what happens when I when I cut it. And up. what happened? And Tell me what happened. First week is tough, like smashing headache literally yeah. every single day. Tylenol a couple times a day to get the headache away. Week two wasn't so bad. That's when I started having decaf with with my MCT oil again in the morning. It's kind of like your yeah, yeah. skip skip breakfast, get you through till about 10, 11 a.m. before you have to have breakfast um, with those healthy fats in there. So I was having the decaf coffee with the MCT oil. That's not too bad. Here we are on week three. And now it's kind of just like whatever. I'm still having the decaf. but huh. you know, So like any other habit, Frank, really. Frank, Sinatra, Frank Sinatra said he felt sorry for people that didn't drink because they woke up in the morning knowing, knowing – that's how good they were going to feel for the rest of the day. They weren't going to feel any better than that moment of waking up, right? That's how I had to feel without coffee. That's I wake good. up in the morning, I'm like, mm, okay, I'm not going to get that extra sort of kick, but I think there's no benefit from not drinking it. I'm just seeing how my body's doing without it. Okay. I'll probably start drinking again, yeah. maybe introduce it on weekends or something in a couple of weeks, but... I like to uh, I just like to I like to experiment. Fair enough. I've been uh, before we get onto our our lacrosse talk here. I've been experimenting. One of my lovely Christmas gifts was a, a thing called a steel mace. Yes. Uh, I don't know if uh, you you've seen this. I don't know if other people know what this is. If you don't look it up, but it's essentially like a, a steel pipe with like a softball steel size 
ball attached to the end of it. Kind of looks medieval looking, like a, a massive club. And uh, I, I tried a couple of workouts with this over the last couple of days, man. And, and as you in your can apartment, see, yeah, in I'm, your condo, and you're six foot four. That thing's above your head. Five, but yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm still sweating. Twenty minutes later, after this workout I just did, and I every muscle take, in my body is on fire right now. So I think you should take that thing to a park down the street. Well, I will. I and will. scare the Tarps entire off. city of city of yeah. scare the entire city of Porco, and they're going to think Vikings have landed, and they're about to terrorize Wilson Avenue. Yeah, I'm not ready to post up any videos of it yet, but check out uh, our good buddy Bill O'Brien. He does a lot of it. Uh, Lyle Thompson will get into it a bit uh, as well. Steel Mace, uh, check check that out, and then uh, well, make, if it's good enough for Lyle, it's good enough. Make for a tough decision after that. Everybody. Yeah, they say it's uh, revolutionary stuff so i i'm giving it a go um what else man world juniors kicking off here uh for for canada who are two and oh they got a day off and they're playing the swiss i'm not sure what the americans are doing i can't quite remember but uh this this kind of sparked your your brain a little bit thinking is this is this a road that lacrosse could go down? We we have the world championships, of course, right uh, at the senior level, but we do not really have a verified, sanctioned, properly executed world junior lacrosse championships. And uh, I know they they have one kind of out there, but it's uh, we've been down that road before. It's a bit of a, a money grab, and and I, it's not legitimized. Nobody kind of sanctions it, and it's just it is what it is. It's, it's yeah, it's tough. Like I love the I love the idea behind it. I think I think Chris Fox has uh, had some very creative ideas that that he's rolled out, and I'm I'm glad that he's got the gumption to go and put that tournament on. It's slated to be happening in Winnipeg in yeah. 2021. No, yeah. don't know if that's going to happen, but you know they held it in. Saskatoon. I love how we left the the Iroquois lacrosse or the Iroquois flag hanging in the building in Sastel Center and kind of spear, wanted to spearhead um, leaving that up in every building and, and playing the Iroquois national anthem. And so he's done some some cool ideas and cool concepts. But it happens in the middle of summer when the best of the best are competing for a Minto Cup and not a World Junior Championship. Mm -hmm. So the best players aren't necessarily there in Canada um, for sure, right? Yeah, and, and the Iroquois and, and, for that matter. Exactly. And it's been held in it's been held in Canada every year. But I'd like to see this take off and or maybe he has to partner with um with some other Well some it, other yeah, he's gotta get in with world like world lacrosse has to be behind this for it to be legitimized where other countries are going, Okay, like, you know, Czech Republic and Israel and they're sending teams, but it's like there's no like application process for the coaching staff. It's there's no real like you come to a combine and kind of try out. So there there's a lot of work to be done. I think the concept is a good one, but I it needs the backing of a legitimized world body like World Lacrosse. Yeah. It would be cool to see it like at the next World Indoor Lacrosse Championship. Maybe that's a place it, to right? kick it off. Exactly. Piggyback off and make it a month long you thing or even just double up and have get a good compound like the LEC was with the multiple floors and run games U19 and or do it the week before all day. Yeah. Lead, and lead up to it and kind of like an appetizer, I think would be a good way to test it out. Cause you'll have a lot of those players and those coaches in, in town already. And they just got to extend their stay and help out with the U19s. I think yeah. that would be a good. And they're doing, they're doing like it the, already in field, right? With the yeah, U20. that was going to say they do it in field and the U19, which is, yeah, which was, was supposed to be U20 in 2021. Um, 
not sure if that's getting po- did that get officially yeah that posted? did get pushed back both 20s now? got to 2022 yeah yeah, so we got to wait a while for that. But that's a fantastic tournament. Like, it's been in Langley. It got, it's been in uh, Coquitlam a couple of times. Yeah. You and I got a chance to call those games. And that is a well-run tournament that has a lot of fantastic lacrosse action and, and players that you're going to see at the World Championships a couple of years after that. Or, you know, in some cases for some of the older guys in both. Like, yeah, it would be nice to see something. Because the World Junior Hockey Championship is one of the favorite things to watch all it's year. Like, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like the next players tradition. And, and more so across the world now too like a lot of nations take this thing real serious and and it means and if you're, a great deal yeah. and if you're and, and it gives a goal for like a, a 16 17 year old Finn or czech lacrosse player to go oh my god i can represent my country and go play at a world box championship instead of thinking hey there's really nothing i can do if you're a kid growing up in finland lacrosse wise there's nothing i can do at a high level until I want to go pro one day or I want to go represent my nation at the, at the men's championship. Yeah. So this will give a goal for a 15, 16, 17, 18 year old to put on the flag and play lacrosse at the highest level they can. And that's only going to be good for everybody else around the yeah. globe. Main thing, got to get it at a time when the best of the best can show up. Yeah. Don't do it, do it in the winter time, do it in September or October, do it in the late fall when there's not any overlap. You got to find your, got to find your home and make sure the best players are there for sure. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll save the the New Year's stuff because we weren't really planning to get into that uh, here in quarter one. But maybe we'll save the New Year's stuff for quick sticks. So think about maybe your your resolutions, Bradley, for for 2021 in quarter number three. But this is quarter one. And in quarter one, we have to acknowledge our Stampede Stallion of the week, I know. Uh, last week we had Paul Dawson. He he gave the program a listen. Was uh, he gave the show a retweet? Was fired up about being the stallion. We had Marty Dinsdale uh, kind of chime in a couple of weeks ago. So the boys are starting to kind of pay attention to being the stallion of the week. Paul called himself an old horse, by the way, though. <laughs> uh, but uh, for for people that are maybe just tuning into the podcast for the first time or they don't really know what's going on here, tell the people what our stallion of the week is, and of course, Stampede tack and western we're our sponsor for the stallion uh so that ties in nicely but tell tell the people what the stallion of the week is all about the stampede stallion of the week award is is for the underdog it's for the grinder it's for guys that aren't necessarily nominated for year-end awards every year they're not written about it in in pre-game articles as people are game planning for other teams they're guys that don't get a ton of of spotlight so i got the list of 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 previous stallions you mentioned Dan oh, you Dawson. Do. you mentioned Murray Dinsdale I've been keeping track so okay Paul Stel- Dawson Paul guys Dawson. like Stel- sorry yeah, Paul Dawson Dan, Dan gets Dan gets the credit Paul Dawson yes was our uh, was our was our guy last week but Paul Dawson Nick Rose Jordan Hall Marty Dinsdale Scott Campbell Chris O'Doherty Corey Vitarelli Josh Courier Bruce Codd Steph LeBlanc so guys who they're not even they're not gonna be the leading scorer on their team um they're not going to get a ton of headlines but they're guys that make the national lacrosse league go they make their team go they're big team guys uh so to speak and those are the kind of guys we want to honor because you know it's often that players will like retire or you know they'll have a career in the injury and then we have to look back and go, oh remember how great steph leblanc was like that guy put up 800 points and no one ever talked about him but yeah. this is our chance to talk about those guys right okay now, so. so with all that being said your pick this week uh and you are going with I'm going back to Orangeville as I did for Nick Rose a couple of weeks ago, but Greg Harnett, ladies and gentlemen, uh, 
Giggy Nets is going to look funny in the San Diego Seals jersey next time that the National Lacrosse League uh, fires up. Mm-hmm. But but I think that's going to be a good good little rebirth for him there and a nice group to, to be a leader on that back end. But Greg Harnett has been the ultimate warrior and competitor for the Calgary Roughnecks for nine long seasons, 119 games. He's not going to be uh, leading the team in loose balls on a night or cause turnovers on a night. He's not even a stat defenseman, um, but he's grizzled. And he he's angry, and he's a warrior, and he's a pain in the ass to play against. And God, he was guys the, hate playing against him. The, yeah, he was the epitome of that that smash mouth roughnecks defense for years. Like everybody hated that roughnecks defense that had two Harnets and two Carnegies and a McBride, and they like they were nasty. Yeah, and they were they're chippy and they're mouthy, but they're old school. And I love those kind of lacrosse players. And Greg Harnett was, you know, still is one of the, one of the top notch defenders in this league. And guys hate to go up against them because you know your elbows are going to get a cross jack. You know you're going to feel it on the wrist. Like You yeah. know when you're playing against Greg Garnett. In your ears, in your mouth, on your arms. He's there, man. And he's been that way for, for nine long years. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sign it. I, we haven't talked about this much, but I don't know who has. But Not afraid you know, to mix it up a little bit, too, if it comes to No, that, yeah. Right? He's, he's, he's fought. He had the, um, you know, he plays a hard-nosed game. He yeah. had that, that brutal suspension a couple years ago. And yeah, the league, all I the mean, players in the league kind of rapped. Just, yeah. Yeah, and the league, I was going to say, all the boys in the league rallied around him. So, you know, his teammates and even guys that weren't on his team were, were kind of supporting him, saying that that hit wasn't as egregious as it as it turned out to be for mm-hmm. the suspension-wise. But, you know, so he's had a tough go. So here's here's the spotlight for Greg Harnett, new member of the San Diego Seals. Like, it's going to be yeah. it's fun to go to the league website I know. now and, like, see guys who have signed places that we haven't talked see, about. We or haven't seen them play yet. About. We haven't seen yeah. them play yet. Uh, I mean, I think Brother John could probably go on this list as well. Yeah, uh, but, Greg Harnett, you mentioned the word old school. And that's what I think about when I think Greg Harnett, that he's kind of like a throwback like he'd be just fine if if everybody was using wood sticks out there. Like he that wouldn't yeah, face him. Yeah, he could have been like in a 1994 other... man cop playing for Six Nations, right. and it wouldn't looked out of place. 11th overall selection, and you're right, just a guy that everybody wants on their team but hates to play against. And and you also mentioned the word warrior, and that's kind of the first thing, the adjective that comes to my mind when I think about Greg Harnett, like. When he's healthy and good, he's really good. And But even when he's not healthy, he'll still get out there and give you what he's got. And, and man, like I've watched Greg Harnett play some lacrosse games that he had no business playing in because he was that dinged up. But just wants to do it and, and wants to do it for his teammates and, and for the love of the game as well. So... Uh, apropos choice there, Brett Schoner, welcome to the stable, Greg Harnett. You got the list. We might have to post that list up uh, at some point so far here as we work our way. I don't know how long we're going to go with this Stallion of the Week. I think we can just keep going as, as long as we really want to. And, of course, our Stampede Stallion of the Week brought to you by Stampede Tack and Western Wear. And as uh, the year starts to, to come to a close, are you ready to give the boot to 2020, Brad? The boot? You see, see what I'm saying here? Stampede Tack and Western Wear here to help you out in that department. They are your number one stop for Western boots with brands such as Tony Lama and Ariat, Canadian-made boots from Boulay and Canada West. Plus, of course, they have the Blundstones there, the Redback boots. 
Give 2020 the boot with a new pair of boots from Stampede Tech and Western Wear, where shopping online is still shopping local, or they're out there in Cloverdale since 1967. Stampede.ca. Get yourself a pair of boots for the new year and give 2020 the boot, courtesy of Stampede Tech and Western Wear. We're back in quarter two with Hall of Famer 2008 inductee Tony Resch coming up right here at Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Back after this. A Vancouver Warriors game at Rogers Arena sounds like this. Jones shoots and he scores! Diving effort from Mitch Jones. Nothing's monotone. Lee and Beers go crashing into the crease. Nothing's boring. Now we're going to have a fight. It's the captain squaring off. And at Vancouver Warriors games, loads up. Nothing's offside. Tries a shot and he scores! Experience it for yourself. Vancouver Warriors tickets are available now. Tickets starting from 1995. Visit VancouverWarriors.com slash tickets today. Hey, everybody, this is NLL Hall of Famer Johnny Moradi, and uh, you're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network, your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Welcome back to Lax Class EP 112 into the second quarter we go, but not before we tell you about our good friends at the Vancouver Warriors, of course, Brad Challoner. Uh, still a few weeks away from the Warriors Academy firing back up. January 19th, out there at the Langley Event Center, all in the field house, uh, skill development camp, much like they did in that past fall camp. First two weeks, though, uh, Chris Gill, Mitch Jones, Matt Beers, Riley Lowen will be joined by the big boss, General Manager Dan Richardson, out to the academy to give some tutelage to the youngsters as well. And, of course, Eric Penny back with uh, coaching the kids as well. Goaltender camp featured for the Warriors Academy coming up in January. Check it out, 349 plus GST, or if you're part of the Academy already, a season ticket holder, a group of 10 goes down to 299 plus GST. All your information that you need, VancouverWarriors.com. Check out the Vancouver Warriors Academy tab and get signed up for this. I don't know how much space is left, Brad, but uh, don't wait. Get into the Vancouver Warriors Academy January 19th. This thing fires back up, and and the first one was a rousing success. I'm sure the second one will be as well. Uh, And for players that haven't played for a year, like this will give you that edge when when the time has come to get back on the floor and compete uh, in this day and age, having a a skills camp like that and picking the brains of a Dan Richardson and Eric Penny is going to go a long way to your development. So, so get that step up, get that edge and, and be ready whenever return to play happens here in BC. Speaking of ready to compete, this guy competed for the Philadelphia Wings six seasons, captain for three of them, but really it was when the coaching career kicked off that the success really came for this man. Uh, Four-time champion as the head coach of the Philadelphia Wings, 94, 95, 98, 2001, a 59 and 27 record as an NLL head coach as well, coach of the year, and 2008 Hall of Fame inductee, and first timer on Lacrosse Classified here as our calls to the hall continue. Uh, looking forward to this conversation with this gentleman, Tony Resch, on the program. Tony, thanks for doing this. Welcome to Lax Class. How are things? Happy holidays. Thank you uh, very much for having me, Jake and uh, Brad. It's great to be here. And uh, yeah, I've had a nice holiday. I'm a, a high school guidance counselor, so we're on break. And uh, obviously, it was an interesting fall semester with. Uh, yeah hybrid and various versions of uh of school but uh 
yeah, it's been nice to have some time, uh, some time off with my family and things have been great. Thank Absolutely. You, yeah, you guys had a great holiday. We did. Uh, LaSalle High School guidance counselor, and, and uh, I'm sure you'll be familiar with the name Johnny Meridian, who we just had on last week. Uh, also an educator, a teacher for a long time in profession in, in Philadelphia as well. Um, also coaching a little lacrosse there at LaSalle. How did uh, how did that come about, Tony, after your co- kind of coaching career? Did you fall into a guidance counselor role there and, and still coaching lacrosse, of course? Yeah, I do. I uh, help out with our uh, varsity lacrosse team, LaSalle. And as an aside, I certainly – Gypsy and I go way back. So uh, Yeah, I imagine. That's a tough follow. That's a tough act to follow. <laughs> <No>. so, uh, <laughs> you set the bar very high Well, for you me. guys actually went into the hall together, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, obviously I've known Mike friends for a long time and, um, obviously Johnny and Mike are close friends. And so, uh, yeah, it's always a pleasure to see Johnny and wonderful lacrosse player in person or uh, lacrosse person and that he is and a gentleman as well. So, um, yeah, so I, it was interesting when I moved into coaching, uh, the wings way back when I was at another local high school, Penn charter, and I was a classroom teacher and the head varsity coach there. So I was sort of double, double duty coaching at that point. And, um, yeah, so I've been in the high school coaching ranks for probably 30 years now. So. And what do you like, Tony, at the the high school guys or the pro guys, which did, do you have a preference on which guys you like coaching more? Uh, I think they each had, uh, their, their sort of charms, I guess you would say it was interesting. I remember a few years ago, the the guys would say, you're, uh, you know, my high school guys would say, you're yelling the same stuff at, them as you are at us and, and uh, i didn't know if that was good or bad but you know so i i think it the more i thought about it there's some fundamental things about just working hard and playing smart and that uh sort of translate whether you're talking working with younger guys or you know having a good fortune and working with the, some of the most talented players in the world so philly native tony and yale university obviously but how did how did box lacrosse come into your life like when did you wanted to make that uh chase that m-i-l-l dream as a young man yeah, it was, well, I'd like to say it was a dream, but we knew very little about it. When I was growing up in the heyday of the Broad Street Bullies, there was an earlier version of, uh, I forget what the league was called, and Doug Favell was sort of well-known as a Flyers goalie, but also played forward for the Wings, and a little bit of box across knowledge, but I went away to college and never had set foot on a, an indoor floor until I got back, um, and... Mike French was really my connection. He played in the first year of what I think was called the Eagle League in the mid to late 80s. Yeah. And he said, what would you think about trying out? And I'm a defenseman, a long stick defenseman by trade. So anytime you let a guy, a long stick play with a short stick, I was like, sure, I'd love to give it a try. And um, yeah, we were all pretty new to it. And um, But you know, I had a lot of basketball background and I played a lot of football. So sort of the contact part and the, lot of concepts from basketball that made sense to me and um yeah so it was just good luck and good timing I guess I would say that was my first but the first game I played in the league was the first indoor experience and it was and it was probably like that for for a lot of guys in the in the league Tony and I can't remember who who it was it might have been Jimmy Veltman that came on and he said that Chris Fitz and, and Russ Klein who owned all the teams back then in the major indoor lacrosse league really kind of encourage the mayhem and the chaos out there on, on lacrosse. Like you could literally for people that haven't gone back and watched these games from the early nineties, like you could 
you could get away with quite a bit back then, and it was really encouraged. Yeah, it was. Um, I mean, it was an interesting league in those days because in the earliest days, my first season was 88, and it was almost all Americans. And so we were playing a more field game. You know, there were some really tremendous athletes and shooters and goalies were doing the best we can or best they could. And, but it was really learning on the fly. I guess I would say the huge, huge, huge leg up that the wings had is Dave Evans, who was our coach for the six years that I played. And so we, you know, as I look back, I, I would say we learned proper box. We learned how to play the game correctly. And that was just because Dave was our coach and uh, was so knowledgeable about the game and a great teacher. And uh, I would say a very patient guy. Yeah. We didn't yeah. exactly know what we were doing, but he also was smart enough to bring in a Canadian goalie fairly early on. Dwight Mecky came in. And so that was a big advantage for us to start. And, and again, that's where I, I mean, everything that I, accomplished in indoor i really at the start of the day was david evans for me because i learned everything from him and then i took over for him and stole everything that he had taught me well, that's what good coaches do though tony right they just they sure. just take from from their other coaches yep and then yeah and then obviously and you know, sort of as i came to the end of my playing career that's when the bandits were coming up and you know the influence of the canadians was was full go at that point so then i'm looking around and every game we played i was um, whether it was les bartley or whomever i was i was stealing strategies that i hadn't seen yet that they were using against us and we yeah. i just you know we myself and the team and the coach great coaches that i got to work with we just kept trying to build our our repertoire as it were but uh really the the, the bedrock of Philadelphia wing success, I believe, is David is Dave Evans and mm. yeah, great I guys wanted, that he brought in. I wanted to go down that road a little bit about you know jumping behind the bench after after the six year playing career and then not being exposed to the game. But you kind of answer some of that, and then it helps when you, you know you look down on the floor and Gary Gates out there and guys like that. You know how how much in, you know how much influence did guys like that have on you know the playbook and, and what you guys were going to execute? Yeah, there's there's no question that. Uh, you know, again, I played in some unbelievable, unfortunately, my last two years, we lost in the championship game to Buffalo um, in the odd and those crazy spectrum and those crazy games and, you know, great lacrosse and, you know, learning to play against the John Tavares's and you mentioned Jim Beltman, one of my all-time favorite players, and Darius Kilgore and those teams for me was, was a real learning experience. And then I'll give you the short version of, I, I really thought I had another season in me. I was totally a backgate guy by the end of my career, but Dave decided not to come back. And our assistant coach, Mike Page was ready to just take the reins. He would have done a great job. And then uh, just through a family situation, his wife got transferred and all of a sudden they didn't really have a coach. So um, I knew my career was winding down. So, tried to put my ego aside, you know, players want to play forever. And then, um, so that was a tough decision, but, you know, I, I figured it would allow me to keep my hand in the game much longer. And so, yeah, that was sort of the, uh, all of a sudden, and Mike French was, I don't know, this, I think the ML or the NOL admits this now 
Mike French officially was the head coach our first year, but he, you know, he didn't come to, yeah. he came to practice, but he was, you know, he wasn't was running, he wasn't running and, uh, Yeah, he, wasn't he was like, good luck with it. And yeah, as you said, to have my last couple of years, we had the Gate brothers. So I played along, I played against them. I played alongside them. We had Dallas Elliott and I, I was not silly enough to, to know that I couldn't learn from those guys. So, you know, I would ask them about practice design and, you know, I, le I learned, as I mentioned, what I learned from Dave Evans, but I was certainly looking for perspectives and opinions and yeah. So I, 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 I kept my ears wide open and, you know, I, I was in charge, but I, um, I like to think that I encouraged input from the players and then, used what I thought was best going to help the team. So, yeah. but yeah. And then to jump in there and have a great team to coach that, that makes coach looks good. Absolutely. Looks good too, and, so. and just some phenomenal players over the years, uh, putting that Philly wings Jersey on, you mentioned, uh, Dallas and, and Gary, of course, uh, you got Tommy Marichek and, Tommy Marichek. uh, probably a real underrated guy in Jeff Ratcliffe. I don't know if enough people talk about the player that he was Thomas Hayek, yep. of course, Kevin Finneran, another guy, as we speak with 2008 Hall of Fame inductee Tony Resch here, and and uh, I, I gotta I gotta get a story from you here, Steve Govett, uh, president of the San Diego Seals and a former Philadelphia Wings, and one of those Canadian guys you were talking about. He was actually the guy that uh, handed me off your number. So if you want to get after somebody for giving out your phone number, that could be the guy that uh, that Got you it. could do it. But <laughs> give me a give me a good Steve Govett story from back in the day. We all remember the the interview on ESPN. And two where things kind of got uh, got away from a little bit but uh do you got a good steve govett story you could share with us well he's he's gonna be sorry because he he tries to squelch the story because he's heard it too many times i think but one of his first uh games at the spectrum um and you can stop me if you've heard this one no 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 so let it rest. you know steve <laughs> that talk about passion is is what it's oozing from him so he was so excited obviously to play in his first game so Lights are down. They're doing the intro, and he's 44, which is pretty much, you know, towards the end of the line. So he goes roaring out, you know, just whatever, high-fiving, low-fiving, sprint, sprint, and somehow loses his, his sight line, whatever, and doesn't realize the glass is coming up oh, no. so soon. So he runs almost headfirst into the glass, and I have no idea. It's, the lights are down. I'm just standing on the bench, but I see – somebody go hustling back into the locker room while they're getting ready to do the oh, no. anthem or whatever. And I'm like, who was that? And they're like, Govett just ran into the wall and busted his head wide oh, open. No. Oh, <laughs> they no. him back and closed him up and he came back and played. But uh, And there's a great video. I don't know how he found it, but of sort of a camera flash and you can see his face like recoiling at some little kid at the glass. Like, I'll, have to hit up, I'll have to hit up Dallas. I'm sure he's got yeah. that tucked away somewhere. Oh, I'm sure he does. Talk about, uh, talk about you've been involved, Tony, with uh, the U.S. World Indoor Team uh, in a couple of different iterations, but that's a big thing we always talk about here. For the future success of the National Lacrosse League, which is what, you know, Jumbo and I's vested interest in, is is getting more and more American players ready to play in the National Lacrosse League. And we're seeing we're seeing some of it now. There's more box leagues down south, and that's certainly helping guys. Guys are getting drafted out of the, the collegiate box leagues now around the United States. But, 
you know, how, how do we help or how do you, how do you help as a coach, those guys transition? If, if that world indoor team, there was guys that I know that tried out for that team that had never played indoor before. So, you know, how do you sort of help usher those guys into as box players? Yeah, it is a, um, it's a challenge. There's no question about it. I, I had a great experience um, when I coached the U S team and had that great honor. And um, I know Reggie Thorpe is doing everything he can to build up the uh, just sort of the, a foundation, I guess you will. But to me, it just, it takes more youth lacrosse that's that's playing the actual game. Uh, one of the things I think you run into a lot in the States is there, people will call it a, a box league, but it, as I talked about the early year, earliest years of the wings, it's field players just sort of playing field on an indoor space. Um, so I think the more true box leagues that come around, that's going to be one avenue. And then you get some people coming into, you know, or out of college with knowledge of the indoor game. And the goaltender uh, position too, Tony, right? Like they got to find a way to, to, to start to develop top flight goaltenders in it. Like I, we, I think we've talked about this before, like Canada, they have so many good goaltenders because they start playing at six years old and they just yeah. don't stop it takes time. Like if, if you think about it, the goalies that are just coming up now, like that's 20 years ago and they're just starting to develop now. So you have it just, it's something that just takes time. Time. Right. And, and good coaching, which is another thing that's at a premium in the States. Um, I mean, I know you guys have so many, and it is like field because there are a lot of really good field players that come back and give, give back to the game and decide yeah. to coach. And, you know, you can, uh, guys can develop to be at that highest level um, indoors just a, is a different animal for us as in the, in the U S well, uh, I guys- mean, obviously you can take guys and I mean, you mentioned some of the amazing wings we had, but we did surround them with some top notch American players sure. that were tough yeah. and smart and willing to learn the game and be students of the game. So it's doable. It's just a, and the NLL is so talented, you know, for the for teams to take to be able to take the time to develop a top notch field player, you know, an athlete with size and speed and all those things. When you can take a guy that's played junior and yeah, well, you don't have to, you know, you fine tune him versus teaching a guy from the get go is hard. Yeah, I'm. I was just gonna say, like we we started to see some like Div 1 programs, Ohio State, North Carolina, Robert Morris, really kind of start to introduce the box game into their regiment or or their yeah. you know preseason or whatever it may be, their practice routines, um, and, and they're better for it in the field game. Is that something you have dabbled in with, with your high school team? Do you introduce any box skills when you're doing some coaching? Yeah, there are a couple really nice tournaments each winter, which we we absolutely involve our kids in because it is it's just a great skill set to develop. But that's a you know the tournaments are fun, and even in the space of over two days, when they play in six or seven or eight games, to see the growth and and for some kids that light to go on. Like I understand this, and you know especially maybe more on the defensive end, and they sort of were like this is a fun game it's physical you get beat up you get to beat people up but it's a fun <laughs> game but once you once you move we move beyond that and move into the field that's it until the next 
winter when these these tournaments arrive. So, yeah. I mean, and you guys know it that the Americans that have made some headway make the commitment. They go up in the summer and they get involved yeah. in a summer league team and they learn the game yeah. the right way and you know just repetition and repetition and lots of games and lots of touches and so it's. But that's that's somebody giving up their summer, and I love the fact I, I'm doing some coaching with, with uh, Nick Myers, and, and I know what Ohio State tries to incorporate that in their off-season training because it's a great change-up from the regular, yeah. you know, whatever line drill and field, and you know, so I, I know they value that, and it's a great awesome. It'd be interesting to see over the next few years whether any of those. OSU kids or, you know, those had, programs. Uh, I mean, a bunch, a bunch got drafted this past uh, entry draft, I think, more than yeah, any other school. So. Yeah, Tarafenko's got a great Tarafenko's chance. Tarafenko's yeah. fascinated. He's a great kid, and I, he's from he's from Pennsylvania. And, I, I mean, I'm that's a guy that I would love to see that, you know, gets in there. Like, he looks like he knows what he's doing a little bit. I mean, obviously, he's not going to be right there, but, you know, with his athleticism and he's a tough kid and a great guy and a sponge, that would be cool. I want to talk about a couple guys that we, we always ask our guests on this show um, because you're all Hall of Famers. You're all going to have votes coming up. Who's not in the Hall yet that you want to see in? But, you know, without without taking words out of your mouth, the names that keep coming up are, are Jake Berge and Kevin Finneran. Um, can you just touch on, the, on those two guys and, and what kind of players what kind of players they were? Yeah, I mean, obviously 100% biased. I think they both should be in, no question about it. Um, Kevin Finneran is a guy that it's almost like the more I think about my eight years coaching, and I even this popped into my head years later. Dallas, Tom Marichek, and Kevin Finneran were the three guys that won the four championships during that span. So, right from my first practice as a coach to the time I retired, Kevin Finneran, I just think, is a real unique case in that his ability to be an impact player was very rare. I mean, he did it over a long stretch, well, even beyond his wings days. Um, and adapted the offensive end is always difficult. And the fact that he was able to carve himself such a great career, I think is a real uh, unique uh, thing that he accomplished. So, uh, and, and has championship rings to, to show. And, you know, for me again, very much biased, but he was such a key player for us. And we're talking about the bandits and the Toronto rock. And we're talking about, these are not teams that yeah. didn't know what they were doing. They were they were looking for Kevin, and still he was able to be a major player. So I, I, I and I just think that's incredibly impressive. And then uh, Jake Berge came on. I, I'm timeline. I I don't know how many years. A couple years into my coaching stint, and I'd like to say that I had something to do with it, but it was I can remember almost like it was yesterday after like his first practice or two three and he just with his size and strength and but he had such great touch and hands around the goal that i can remember we as coaches looking at each other like you know that it whatever it it is you know to give to have good hands he had it you know we'd like to say we taught it to him or but again, he was a load to handle, of course, and could get by people and through people, but his niftiness and ability to finish. And then obviously, uh, you know, we like to be physical. And if he didn't lead the league in Gordie Howe hat tricks, uh, <laughs> I would say he's got to be close. Yeah. And he was just a physical presence. And of course, his 
dad's connection to the Philadelphia area as a longtime Eagles linebacker. He just became sort of a right. cult hero and yeah. you know, just a great player. Yeah. And, uh, just fell into our lap. He was a Division three lacrosse player. And, All right. Well, we won't make you pick one or the other, Tony. Kevin Finneran and Jake Berge are your your votes uh, for uh, absolutely. Yeah, I'd have to split that vote. I'd be. I actually, I'll have to go with Finn because I was a teammate. Okay. And, he's and got, he, got all and he played for me, so yeah. I can I can pass that off for Jake. He probably <laughs> he probably cut me some slack. Fair enough. Uh, last one here for you, Tony Resch. Um, is there? Uh, there's not too many head coaches out there in the National Cross League. I dare say, with four championships as a head coach, is there a desire to to get back behind an NLL bench someday? Do you think that's something in your future? Um, you know it's. When the wings went away, you know, it's sort of like till something's gone, you don't appreciate it. Um, and then came back. I, I sort of, I was like, wow, you know, I'd almost forgotten how much I love the game and the people around the game. And, um, you know, I, I did, I've touched, you know, I talked to or text with Paul Day every once in a while. And obviously he's got such a coaching tree that and I'm, to say I'm yesterday's news would be too complimentary, but you know what I, with the right circumstance, consider it. I, I would. I mean, I love. We started um, helping out with a local. We talked about Truebox. We started with a local club around here three years ago, and even coaching the youth and the high school guys and introducing them to the game, and then going to these little tournaments. I was like, this is. And then you still got the US team kind of popped up. I'm like, it's such an amazing sport, such an amazing sport. And so that's a long winded, who knows? I don't go out searching for it, but. Do you, do you think we've often beat around on this show? Like, you know, and you mentioned the coaching tree, it just like, there's just like, there's no shortage of influx of Canadian players coming into the league. There's no influx of, of Canadian assistant coaches and coaches and GMs. But, you know, I often wonder, you look at the great, great lacrosse minds and leaders of men, like a Nick Myers or a Bill Tierney or a Petra Mala or guys like that. Like how easy would a transition to that be for those guys to coach a, a box across team? Maybe the box across knowledge isn't there, but they know how to get the best out of, out of men and how to build teams and chemistry. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I, my personal belief is that good coaches are good coaches and the X and O part of indoor that would, they're so smart and they know the game well enough and then they would learn how from the best people they could find. Um, But you're right in terms of building a team culture and recognizing sort of skill sets and putting pieces together and putting people in the roles that they would need to make a team successful what they do for a living you know they don't sleep sort of a part-time did it for a living yeah i I don't think people realize and and we're gonna let you go here but i don't think people realize how much work those college coaches put in like they don't sleep yep Uh, oh it's i mean it is a to say it's full-time it's beyond full-time and um, especially the names you mentioned those are unbelievable across minds and and uh, as you said people you know men that you would like to have if you're a son or someone, a former player to have the opportunity to be around them on the field, off the field and yeah. in all respects, that's, that would be unbelievable. Well, I'd put you right in that conversation with those guys, Tony Rash, a four time champion as a head coach. <laughs> Thank you, no, hey, listen, that. you're in the hall of fame for a reason. Congratulations on that. 
And uh, I, I hope to see you back around the league one day, Tony. I think uh, I think you deserve it for, for what you've accomplished over your career. I really appreciate your time here on our calls to the hall. And uh, happy new year, man. Best of luck uh, in 2021. Thank you. Same to you guys. I really appreciate you having me on. This is really fun. Thank you. Uh, our pleasure. That hey, was Tony. Tony Resch, 2008 Hall of Fame inductee. And just a great coaching mind, whether it be indoor, outdoor, just a guy that, under, like you said, Brad, understands the game and he kind of figured out the X's and O's of it, but really a, a manager of men and a motivator of men as well and got the most out of his guys. And, man, like four NLL rings as a head coach. Find me another coach that's got that beside his resume. Well, I don't think there's too many. I know. Yeah, that's students, man. That's when well, you talk about those those legends that we were talking about being full timers. But as Tony mentioned, he was a student to go from a six to only playing box for six years, not finding it till you're like 22 years old, playing in the league, and then becoming a head coach and coaching Tom Marichak and Gary Gate and <laughs> yeah. Dallas Aliak. Like, like, can you imagine? I, that that I could imagine, like I wanted. I, we didn't really get into this, but like you know, how how shit scared would he have been at that at, at the sense of that, you know, or was yeah. he confident in saying, "Hey, I can learn," because that is that's not an easy task to take on. But then to take it on and have success with it right away is yeah. is phenomenal. That's pretty special. There's not a lot of guys that can do that. And like you said, not going up against uh, you know. Pittsburgh's and Baltimore's like he's going up against the bandits he's Bandits going up who had just come off a dynasty yeah. and were one of the best teams of all time yeah late late 90s early 2000s those teams were matching were wits rolling. with Les Bertley yeah pretty impressive stuff there great career for Tony Rush and uh well-deserved Hall of Fame inductee. So that was our, our calls to the hall, Brad. Of course, brought to you by Stampede Tack and Western, where you know by now, but they are Canada's largest supplier of Wrangler, no matter what you need, shirts, jeans, pants, men's, ladies, kids. They got it all and more at Stampede Tack and Western, where out there in Cloverdale since 1967, Stampede .ca, where shopping online is still shopping local. And if you happen to head out there to Cloverdale and you're into the store, just maybe drop a lax class uh, comment to, to one of the – where you, you never know what's going to happen or what you may find there in Stampede Tack and Western Wear. So check it out, stampede.ca, or head out there to Cloverdale. And once again, a big thanks to them for uh, sponsoring the program and our calls to the hall. Two quarters down, two quarters to go here on EP 112. We're back with some quick sticks in quarter three. Lacrosse Classified, Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Hey, this is Dan Lomas from the New York Riptide. You're listening to Lax Class, your go-to source for all things NLL and box across. Back on Lacrosse Classified into the third quarter we go here on Lax Class 112. Jake Kelly, Brad Challoner with you. Thanks for sticking with us here. Time for Quick Sticks, uh, brought to you, of course, by Manscaped. Uh, did some manscaping. I, Brad, I'm telling you, the, my I think my favorite thing about the, the Manscaped stuff is, well, I got two things. It's the LED light so you can see what you're doing down there because that is important, if you know what I'm saying, and the waterproof technology. So no more, like, having to clean up. Just right in the shower, done, clean, quick, and, uh, of course, the skin-safe technology, no nicks or cuts or anything, which is probably 
just as equally as important as well on on the lawnmower 3.0 you know what i'm using mine for now uh please tell me <laughs> yeah beard trimmer mm. so like it's it's you it's not just for no the back and the chest and everywhere else i'm using it as like a beard trimmer it keeps like the nice uh five perma five o'clock shadow yeah you can get detailed so, yeah you the, can the, you know get you the... Can hit the hit the sideburns so you don't have to go get a haircut too often you can clean up around the sides like it's good for absolutely everything and it's still look i'm showing you my face right now it's very um i'm gonna it's comment how, how, it's how it's all the same length you know yeah. it's all conformed what's the word for that conformed uniform uniform there's no there's no patchy (laughs) there's no patchiness yeah i I hear what you're saying and of course uh you know just usb chargeable plug it right in the wall no battery i've yet to charge mine again i use mine all the time since we got it how long we had them for like two or three months now i have not i charged it when we got it and i haven't charged it since so the battery life on is phenomenal because i i use that thing almost every day well i can't wait uh we got the cologne coming as well uh should be here early next month redefined uh so little spritz yeah check out uh manscape.com and, and at checkout don't forget lax class 20 is your promo code save yourself 20 percent free shipping as well uh why wouldn't you lax class 20 quick sticks uh Best. Lax class twenty. Lax class twenty. So you don't have to wax class twenty. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. we're moving into twenty twenty one here. So I don't know if we keep the same promo no, code. Oh no, yeah, we're, we're gonna have to update. Okay. We're gonna have to update so I'll talk to sure. my man Dominic about that and heading into the new year. But uh, for now, for the next few days anyway, Lax class twenty will update you on one thirteen. I figured I'd bring this up, Brad. Best Christmas present you ever got. Worst Christmas present you ever got. Best would probably be this year the new guitar I got because yeah I that's it's fresh in my mind and okay. it was I'm stoked to have it. Worst and this one this this one always feels weird to me. <laughs> so I I was I I smoked up until like until until my, I smoked until my wife and I moved in together and that was like the year a couple years before we got married like long time ago now like 2012 or something. Anyways smoked a little bit as a teenager and i remember one christmas my sit my younger sister who was really young at the time was only like 10 or something like that (laughs) she got me a pack of nicorette and i remember like just being a shithead teenager i was like oh what is this and like i don't need this and like you know probably chucked it across the room and broke her little 10 year old heart she was just trying to like help her brother she didn't want me to die because i was a smoker and i always remember every time i see a pack of nicorette i remember that now breaking my sister's heart and just being an asshole and so i'm I'm sorry to my sister who's never going to listen to this podcast or hear this but that's probably the worst christmas i ever worst christmas i've ever got just because of the the damage done for years for years gone by after that i think you should make amends and tell her that that still sits with you Well, it probably still sits with her too. Yeah, exactly. So I think you should make maybe make amends, and maybe that might be the best Christmas present you ever give. How about you, Steel Mace Club? Uh, That (laughs) that's I don't know which category to put that in right now because I love it, but I also hate it. If you know what I'm saying, so it's a good hate though. Yeah, it is. It's a love. It's a love hate. Uh, I don't know, man. Like probably like like ColecoVision back in the day, like when I got like the new video game console as like a preteen was probably i was probably pretty fired up yeah, that that's day. going way back yeah. is that like that's like in television that's right that was right. the rival yeah. to in television coleco but right. the donkey kong uh phenomenon busted out that was that was the game uh worst i don't know man like 
my mom, rest in peace, she she got me some pretty junky gifts. <laughs> they had, like, <laughs> scarves. Like, I've never worn a scarf in my life. but <laughs> Not every, a scarf guy. Every now and then I get a scarf, and I just kind of be like, yeah, thanks, Mom. Like, this is going in my closet and never to appear again. Um no, but I mean, it's it's hard to say like bad. Anything gift. you have to return. Like I remember saying a couple years ago, I was like, I'm not taking anything back this year. I don't care if it doesn't fit. I'm sick of going to the mall. I hate going to the mall and exchanging yeah, returns things. Returns are like worse than oh, anything. Absolutely. It's awful. It's awful. Anything okay. you have to return. Uh, yeah, no doubt. So that's it for that. But uh, what else do we got here? You, you both, we both noticed this. Uh, the Twitter account playing from behind. No, is that yeah? Playing from behind. Yeah, playing from behind. Um, came out with a new article, and our our group has been nothing but impressed with with the the content that this guy has been pushing out with his graphs and charts, and now uh, some empirical data data here as well. Uh, impress some stuff here. Check this Twitter account out. Playing from behind. His first article is an in depth. It's a newsletter. First article is an in depth breakdown on the uh the impact of tyler digby going to the colorado mammoth and the difference he's made especially on the power play for that team and how you know i think he only played a handful of games with colorado but like their power play went from like 40 percent to 75 percent with him in the lineup like an immense impact on on the hard screens that he sets the effectiveness of his shooting percentage the way that he gets open for ryan lee his assists that turn into goals his two-man game um and kind of proven with with clips like going down and breaking down the impact yeah. and then showing clips as examples it, it's a brilliant piece of writing and it's it's the kind of coverage at the national lacrosse leagues and man it, it made me so hungry for for live game uh, action we might have to like, get this guy in the lax flash stable i don't know if we can do it or not but uh been impressed with that another guy that we're always impressed with, i know he's your favorite lacrosse writer and that's paul tucka who also came out with uh, a bit of a breakdown for player stats and and impact rankings essentially using all the stats that the national lacrosse league tracks and then kind of using a math formula adding all these up and and coming up with a list on who or what player has the biggest impact with these stats uh the cyborg it's almost kind of like it's almost kind of like a best all-around player formula yeah 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 exactly taking into account special teams five on five do you score shorthanded goals compared to power all these different uh factors going into this this equation the cyborg coming out on top lyle thompson coming in at number two so you know this is going to be a pretty accurate uh, formula here if this is the case mitch jones vancouver warrior coming in at number three uh, so check out Paul Tutka's Twitter account as well, and and check out that uh, little little article because I found that pretty interesting as well. I want to give a, a quick shout out here to Neil Stevens uh, at, at his Twitter account, Eddie's Top One Hundred. Uh, Borelli winner, Neil Stevens, uh, Hall of Famer, National Cross League Hall of Fame. I believe he's in the NHL Hall of Fame as well, and I just sent him a DM uh, looking to get his number so we could invite him on the podcast. Uh, as a, as our calls to the hall, but unfortunately Neil is going through some health issues right now and is unable to really kind of project his voice. So he, he kind of, he said, you know, I'd love to, but I can't, if, uh, if you're still looking for guys in April and May, which I think we might be, uh, to, to give him a call back then and, and kind of left his bio here 
OLA Junior All-Star Team, St. Catharines, the only living media honoree in the NLL Hall of Fame and the only living media inductee to both the NLL Hall and the Hockey Hall of Fame. So that was pretty cool. Wow. Uh, Proud grandfather of three and accomplished daughters and seven beautiful grandchildren. So three three daughters and seven grandchildren. For Neil Stevens, uh, absolute legend, Hall of Famer, NLL, only media member as well. So hopefully Neil will be feeling better in the coming months and we'll get him back on. What else do we got here? Uh, our good buddy Robert Church, Bardown Bobby, had his Instagram account hacked. And I figured I'd give Robert a little bit of help here on Lax Class to give his new account a follow. I see you pulling your phone up right now, Brad. Uh, I don't know if maybe that's your girlfriend's phone case. I don't know what you got there. Robert Church 17 is uh, Bardown Bob's new Instagram handle if you want to give Robert Church a follow because his old account was hacked and, and I don't know what's going on with it now. I blocked it just in case. And weren't you just saying a couple weeks ago that he had like upped his Instagram game? Yeah, and he recently, got ver- and he was started- verified and all of it and, and uh, now he got, he got hacked. So uh, <laughs> that's a tough soak there for... Robbie Church. So help him out. Give him a follow. Robert Church 17 is the new handle there. Another shout out to Devin Caney and the NLL Productions crew for, for producing another warm up. This time, Latrell Harris. I don't know if you had a chance to watch that or not, but uh, Latrell just kind of sharing his story of of his lacrosse career and what he's faced as far as racism and stuff like that goes. So uh, they've been doing a fantastic job with these warm-up uh, episodes that have been coming out. So Latrell Harris, the latest one, check that out with DK and, and L train. So well-spoken. Like he's going to be one of the faces of this league yeah. in, in a few years. I, I, I think when he you know, broke he's, he's going to be as an, well, 18 he, was 18, he was 18. I know. Yeah. And he was kind of this, you know, shy little skinny kid. Like I'm looking at this video now, man. And he is thick like he's yeah, a man he's a now. big boy he's a man oh. now he's yeah coming back in the league um with all that ex- all that experience and, and hanging well, out maybe with not the... anymore but yeah, yeah. Could, well they were fighting for it but yeah probably not gonna happen now but yeah like that's that's the rock mentorship that they keep those guys in the stable like they, they groomed a rob hellier who came in that team at 18 there's not a lot of teams around the league that that can do that but they can put a guy on a, i don't even think he was ever on the practice roster he uh, just kind of cracked it as an 18 year old like he was a freak athlete yeah and, you know, he's well-spoken. And after that interview, I was like, this guy's going to be one of the faces of the league in a, in a couple of years, no doubt. No question about it. Uh, Rachel Valarelli penning out an article about her kind of journey as a female goaltender, kind of trying to break her way into to a man's world, if you will, here, Brad. And, and uh, following in the footsteps of Ginny Caprioni, Capri- oh, I'm going to get her name wrong, Caprioni. Remember her? She she tried to, to kind of make it and, and – Rachel getting a tryout at, at the Riptide camp, uh, I want to say two years ago now, and just kind of keeps pushing her way forward. She put out a nice story. It's on her Facebook. I think I retweeted it as well. But I just want to give a shout-out to Rachel Valarelli, who's really persevered in, in what has been a tough road, right? Like, she wants to be a professional lacrosse player. There's no mm-hmm. professional women's box lacrosse league right now, but she is on the cusp. Like, Reggie Thorpe said it wasn't like a publicity stunt or anything, he gave her a legit shot at trying out for the Riptide a couple of years ago. Well, and you know, we kind of got in with Tony, with Tony Resch there. Like where do these people, where do these players play in the U S if they are high level and they are in their early twenties? It's and, kind of obscure. Like, there's just right? not, 
Exactly, right? So it's like I would like to think that she could get a shot in the WLA or major series and come up and, and try to fight well, her or, or senior Brad B Mac- or something yeah, like that. Brad MacArthur gave her a shot in the ALL as well and said, like, you're not you far go. off. You're you're close to being right. So she put out a, yeah. a kind of a heartfelt uh personal bio about what she's been through and what she's uh, experienced coming up is, is trying to make it as a professional goaltender. In so as lacrosse. much as we always complain, as much as we always complain about lacrosse being fractured and there being too many leagues, like that's not an issue down South. Like they need more, yeah. just get under the, they need to be under the same rule book and the same, same sanctions because people need to play and they need a place to play. If we want to groom them into the into the sport into the pros real quick here brad uh we we're going to talk about this last week but we'll do it this week if you could pick one city for the national cross league to go back to where would it be and why oh back to back to. um not go into back to said, i'm gonna go i'm quick. gonna go i'm gonna go san jose san jose I'm going to go San Jose. I know no one's asking for it in, in San Jose, but I think to have another Western team um, and to have like, no, they're not going to capitalize on a lot of heritage there because the stealth weren't there for too long. But I just think that's a market to have a team in San Diego. Now to put a team in Northern California, to bring the West together. There is a bit of a burgeoning scene in Northern, in, in NoCal. Um, yeah. I'd say bring back the don't, and don't have to call them the stealth, but I think the San Jose area Okay. Could be primed for for another run at the National Lacrosse. I'm League. picking you? Minnesota. I'm going back to Minnesota, Brad. I I think so. We're the, both being we're both being technical homers here. Yeah, I suppose, man. I don't know. Like I I, I experienced. I went it to a game in San Jose. Yeah, exactly. I, I I didn't call a game in San Jose, but I went to a game in San Jose. I know that downtown area, uh, and it it felt like there was some cool atmosphere there. People talk a lot about the Sharks, like tailgating and and what they mm-hmm. do before hockey games there, and it's massive NHL market. So I don't think the NLL is is a stretch to to think that that league or, or market could come back. And and I witnessed Minnesota firsthand, and it was really a, a situation that was unfortunate why the Swarm left there in the first place, but. There is a fan base there and a big appetite for lacrosse, professional lacrosse in Minnesota. And I, right owner, right billing, whether it's in St. Paul or, or Minneapolis, that's a market that could work in the National Lacrosse League. I'm absolutely convinced of it. Um, last one, Brad, uh, New Year's resolutions. This is something I don't really do because I, I think they're kind of stupid, quite frankly. And, and if you don't keep them up, then you just feel bad. But it is going into 2021. Are you a, a resolution guy? Do you have one that you do every year or do you pick a new one every year? What's your deal? Uh, not a resolution guy. I'm a word, word guy. So a couple of years ago, some friends and I at work at the radio station kind of landed on this and it's not a new thing, but it's picking a, a word for the year. Mm. And so instead of picking resolution, you pick a word like health, wellness, family, creativity and then you sort of just you know put Circle that word your on, your, on your on your yeah center it on your life around it put it as this as your alarm clock in the morning put it on the front of your phone so it's always there but you sort of surround yourself with a word interesting do you have a word so picked about, out so picking the right word i haven't narrowed one down yet i think it's going to be along what i kind of what i just said like health or creativity like i really feel it needs to be a it's it's well, i might do that with you so tell me what your word is and then maybe i'll just pick the same can i pick the same word as you is that yeah, we can share a word and that would help and then we can hold each other accountable for that word right okay. if it's if it's Maybe health, sharing. We can, we can check in on sharing. each other. Could be the word. 
Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't usually do the, the resolution thing either, but uh, I think I want to try and read a little more than I do right now. Spending a little too much time on... Let's be real here. I'm spending way too much time on my phone looking at irrelevant garbage, uh, essentially, on Facebook and Instagram and whatever. So, What's, How's your screen time? It's ridiculous. Your daily, what's your daily average? I don't average? even know. I've never even looked. daily average? I don't even know. Never... I, get a, I get a notification every Sunday. Bloop, bloop. And then you're like, oh, damn, I'm up 30% this week. What the hell happened? Yeah, I don't even know where you look at that or how you look at that. Maybe you can tell me afterwards and because okay. I don't want to shock myself on air here. But uh, Danny got me a book for, for Christmas, The Creator's Game, and I want to I want to start with that, and then I just kind of want to just kind of keep building and just instead of picking up my phone and looking at junk, just start reading instead. Well, then maybe maybe that's your word. Maybe your word's learning. Okay. It's a year. It's a year of learning, studying. Mm. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. Game, all right. Tape, books, all that. Right. Yeah. Good for the brain. Good point. Let's take a break, Brad. One more quarter to go here on one twelve, and the Jimmer Jimmer Claus is back with one final something else before twenty twenty one. This is Lacrosse Classified, Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With forty years of experience, an extensive product catalog and an ever-growing fleet of equipment. Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is John Gurgler, the voice of the Buffalo Bandit. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified, growing the game one podcast at a time. Quarter number four, no more breaks on Lax Class. Uh, Jake Elliott, Brad Challoner, Associated Labels and Packaging at AssociatedLP.com or at AssociatedLP on social media as well. Uh, best in the business when it comes to labels and packaging, the environment in mind, family owned, quality ethics, always on the mind of the good folks there at ALP, and uh, we just passed Boxing Day, which I'm sure uh, they had a big part in, Brad. Boxing Day, Associated Labels and Packaging. Stay with me. So thanks to them for their continued support, and uh, they're on board for 2021 as well, which we're excited about, too. And in quarter number four, Brad, we know it's time to try something else. Let's begin. All right, now, wasn't that fun? Let's try something else. Oh, let's try something else. Hey, Jake and Bradley, it's Jim Else here. Time for another week of something else on the Lacrosse Classified podcast. This uh, episode being the last of 2020, and uh, we're going to usher in 2021 next week. Uh, I just want to put out some New Year's wishes for people, um, the people, teams, whatever you like. Here we go. Um, I would like uh, lacrosse to return, be it uh, the East-West Canadian Leagues, uh, WLA, uh, MSL. I would like that to come back. Uh, just without any any caveats, nothing. Uh, uh, come June, July, let's get it going. I miss my Victoria Shamrocks. I miss Box 9. I miss lacrosse. Let's go. 
New York Riptide. Um, I know a number of guys on that team now. Uh, I talked to one of the players last week. He just wants a good five, six win year, get into the playoffs and see what happens. And that's what I'm wishing for them. Uh, let some baby steps uh, for the New York Riptide. Nice little team putting together out, being put together out there. Uh, I wish uh, nothing but the best for them. Another person uh, and team I want to wish uh, good for is uh, Paul Day and his Philadelphia Wings. Uh, Paul texted me a Merry Christmas last week and I'm always touched when someone like Paul reaches out and uh, makes him easy to cheer for. Very, very good lacrosse mind um, and he's put himself together a nice wagon of a team out there in Philadelphia uh, and Corey Small's on it. How the hell can I uh, cheer against those guys? So wishing them a great, a great season. As well as my uh, Calgary Roughnecks and my Toronto Rock, uh, those teams I, I obviously want to wish success to as well. Uh, the rest of you, uh, I hope you have a great 2021. And uh, if you see me on the street, say hi. If you see me in Box 9, you can give me the finger, do whatever you want. Uh, it's all good. Take care. Good times. Ciao. There he is, Jimmer Claus uh, with something else, Brad Schellner, and uh, some well wishes for 2021. We were kind of saying like, Jimmer's been so positive over the last couple of months, which is a good thing because, you know, quite frankly, we were a little bit concerned that things could go a little sideways, uh, as as Jimmer tends to do from time to time. But he's been in good, been on his best behavior here, and and uh, we're kind of looking forward to like loose cannon Jimmer coming back when lacrosse gets rolling again. I think that's what we. I think his word of the year is probably positivity, and that's why we're getting uh, we're getting that from him. But yeah, I think it's gonna take it's gonna take a game. It's gonna take a week's month's worth of games. Yeah, someone runs someone of the boards. There's a bad you know there's a bad suspension call or ruling or something like that. That's what it's gonna take to to send him off. So bring on that day, please. <laughs> yes. He wants lacrosse back. So do we. Misses his shamrocks and his rock and his roughnecks and his riptide. Got a lot of teams, Jimmer does. A lot of teams uh, that he's a fan of. But I know a lot of people are a fan of the Jimmer, just like we are as well. And uh, can't thank him enough for the last uh, few months for something else. And we'll continue that into 2021 as well. And I think that just about does it here for, for EP112. Brad, you got anything else on your mind before we get on our way here and and move into 2020 21 well i just wish we had more lacrosse stories to talk about we try to find these angles but i want to trade i want a free agent signing i want something like that to, like, to chew on and really dissect yeah a game, game to go over and mull over and preview <laughs> and review that's yeah. what i miss yeah me too uh we'll get there man and and like shout out to you for for the last few months here and and getting through what has been tough, man, like I, we never expected this to carry on as long as it had. It's like when, when it shut down in March, we thought, okay, a couple months. And then we thought, okay, maybe a couple more. And then a, we're 10, 11 months into this thing. And, and we've continued to crank out the episode week after week. So I can't thank you enough for that. And, and uh, it's been fun, man. Like I, as much as I miss the games, these, these conversations and the, the, the creativity to come up with new content has been a challenge, but it's also been pretty fun. Yeah, and I kind of take back what I just said. Like, I don't, we, we are, it's been nice to have some of those trades and stuff to talk about, but it's not like we have had a shortage of things because we fill up 90 minutes worth I know. Uh, every, every Monday somehow. 
So I appreciate people hanging with us and listening, and I appreciate all the great guests that have so graciously jumped on this show. We haven't had one no yet, which which is uh, which is fantastic. We've tracked down all these Hall of Famers. There's a couple gates to go, and 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 some league founders to go as we roll through this list here. So thank you guys yeah, for listening, and thanks got, to all the guests uh, for coming on. We still got locks, lots of guys to come up here: Sal Acasio, John Tucker, TK, TK. Yeah. So and and then I don't know, man, like. We'll talk about this, but we got we got guys that are obviously no longer with us, but I kind of want somebody to come on and speak to them. Like whether it's Jamie Dowick and comes on and talks about Terry Sanderson or somebody comes on and talks about Les Bartley, or maybe we get the lock dog on to come and talk about Chris Hall. Uh, something like that, because I think those guys deserve the recognition. Just because they're not here doesn't mean that we can't honor them. So maybe we find somebody close to them that can, can do that. So we got we got some uh, fresh content coming your way in 2021. A big thanks to our sponsors once again, Stampede Tack, Vancouver Warriors, Associate Labels and Packaging, Manscaped. And one last thank you goes out to G. Wilson Construction as well. To all our guests, like Brad said, and, and most of all to you, the listener that keep this podcast going on a weekly basis, we can't thank you enough for all your support, comments, uh, interactions, you name it. Uh, speaking of, at lacrosseclassified at gmail.com is an email if you want to get a hold of us there. Social media is at laxclass or at lacrosseclassified. Brad is at Brad Shell. I'm at PXP for sports. Don't forget to subscribe. Wherever you listen to your podcast, throw down a review, too, if you so choose. And that is it for 2020. We'll talk to you in 2021. We'll be back with another episode 113 coming up in one week's time. But for now, this one is over. Thanks for joining us. For Brad Challoner, I've been Jake Kelly. For Tony Rush as well. And for the fastest game on two feet. For the creator, stay safe and stay healthy, everybody. Happy New Year.